Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee Green estate in the land of the free Raised in the woods so he knew every tree Killed him a bar when he was only three Davy, Davy Crockett Stone Pictures presents Tom Selleck, Steve Gutenberg, Ted Danson. Jack! Whew, Angeline! Whew, oh, you look different. What happened? I'm dressed. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Three incredibly eligible men hoping to meet some incredibly perfect women. So many women. <laughs> In so, so little time. So little time. Mm -hmm. Now, at last, they're about to find that one girl who will sweep them off their feet. That's a baby. It's a baby. Of course it's a baby. It's your baby. No, it's not my baby. It's Jack's baby. The child doesn't look anything like me. I have more hair. Well, I want to see the way you three big guys handle this one. I had to go to three different places, buy four different kinds of formula, two different kinds of diapers, bottles, towels, nipples. You do realize she did a doodle. Doodle? Doodle? Yes! Doodle! You haven't been able to work or to sleep. And there's been oh. all over this place for days. I build 50-story skyscrapers. I assemble cities of the future. I can certainly put together a diaper. Will somebody please tell me what the hell is going on around here? Figure it out for yourself. Are they always this strange? Yes. Since they got involved with another woman. Touchstone Pictures presents three normally intelligent men and one little girl. So, uh, what do you want to do? They're about to discover the only thing worse than raising her... Oh, no, no, please, not on the silk sheets! ...is losing her. We should be her family. And let me tell you, the first time you get a word, Daddy, I don't care who you are, your heart just melts. Can you drive a little faster, please? Touchstone Pictures presents a comedy about three dedicated bachelors and the one woman in the world they couldn't live without. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. I hate to leave you, but I really must say Good night, sweetheart. Good night. Three men and a baby. I think she did a doodle. Your turn to change her. I'll give you a thousand dollars if you'll do it. Welcome everyone to New York City Week here at Be Kind Rewind. This is your Disney Plus movie podcast. I, of course, am Dan Teets, and joining me, Kyra Hawkins. And this is take two of this episode. Because we had some technical difficulties, which I still don't understand what's happening or what happened or why it happened or anything. But it happened, and so here we are doing this for the second time. So I'm sure it'll be even less funny than it was the first time. But we are talking about the November 25th, 1987 Touchtone release. Known as Three Men and a Little Baby. This movie did $240 million worth of revenue at the box office, which is about $648 million today. Not too shabby. Definitely can see why they gave it a sequel a couple of years later. And 
this one was one that I have watched numerous times. I hadn't watched it in several years before sitting down to watch it. And I didn't remember all the parts that kind of made me laugh when I watched it this time. What about you? Um, I grew up watching this with my cousins. Um, someone in our family, our extended family, owned the VHS. So we were always watching this and the sequel which I think is the one that I liked more as a young person. Um, but this, both of both movies really like have a special place in my heart. I've always liked them. Um, and I, I think this holds up. I mean, there's a few things here and there that would probably change, but I think it holds up pretty well and it's, it is still fun to watch. Now, see, for some reason, I don't think I've ever seen the sequel. I don't know why, but it just, I knew about it, but I never watched it. So when we get to it, I think in 92 or 93, it's going to be a brand new experience for me, I guess we should say. Now, how old were you when this was released? Um, 87. You're 87? Turned... No, it came out in 87, and I turned four that year. Okay. This was rated, I think, PG-13? Does that sound right? Um, I think I... Does it say on the Disney... Yeah, it's, it's pg it's a PG movie, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, because they don't actually show anything, which they probably would have if it was PG-13, so. Yeah. All right. Well, that, that makes a little bit more sense than if it was a 13 movie, because I would try to figure out why this one would be running in the background. So. Right. So, the... Synopsis, which comes to us care of Wikipedia, as always, goes a little something like this. Architect Peter Mitchell, cartoonist Michael Kellum, and actor Jack Holden are happy bar bachelors in their shared New York City apartment, with frequent parties and flings. One day, a baby named Mary arrives on their doorstep with a note revealing that she is a result of Jack's tryst with an actress named Sylvia, during a Stratford Festival Shakespeare production a year prior. Jack's, Jack is in Turkey shooting a B-movie and makes arrangements with the, director to have, with, with the director friend to have a package delivered to him to the apartment. Jack asks his roommates to keep the delivery a secret per his friend's wishes. When Mary arrives, they believe she is the package. <clears throat> Peter and Michael are totally befuddled how to care for Mary, and Peter leaves to buy supplies. Their landlady, Mrs. Hathaway, delivers a small box, the actual package of heroin, which Michael tosses aside. They learn to care for Mary, including diaper changes, baths, and feedings. Four days later, two drug dealers arrive at the apartment for the package. Peter and Michael mistakenly give them Mary, along with a can of powdered milk, 
the dealers believe is the heroin. Peter discovers the actual package. Realizing the mix-up, he runs downstairs but trips, spilling the package's contents. He gathers up the drugs and confronts the men outside, creating a scuffle. A police officer on horseback intervenes. Peter rescues Mary, but the dealers free, flee with a can of powdered milk. The officer detains Peter and Michael at the apartment until Sergeant Melkowitz, a narcotics officer, arrives to question them. Jack calls from Turkey, but Peter and Michael are unable to talk openly as they are being recorded. They successfully hide the drugs, learning that Jack's friend, Paul Milner, is a drug dealer. A suspicious Melkowitz puts them under surveillance. Mrs. Hathaway babysits while Peter and Michael go to work. Returning home, they find Miss Hathaway bound and gagged, and the apartment ransacked by the dealers. But Mary's safe, a note threatening, next time we'll take the baby. Peter and Michael continue to care for Mary, adjusting to fatherhood and growing attached. Peter incapacitates an intruder who turns out to be Jack, returning early after his movie role was cut. Jack assures Michael and Peter that he knew nothing about the heroine. He initially denies his connection to Mary, but Sylvia's note convinces him he is Mary's father. Peter and Michael pass all parenting responsibility to Jack, who quickly grows to love her. They re receive a news clipping in the mail. Milner has been attacked by the drug dealers and hospitalized with another threat. Don't let this happen to you. Peter, Jack, and Michael formulate a plan to trap the dealers, arranging a meeting. Jack, disguised as a pregnant woman, leaves the building with Mary, while Peter and Michael leave in the cab, followed by undercover officers, but manage to lose them in another cab driven by Jack. The three meet the dealers at the top of the top floor of a construction site. Michael, hidden in the vent, records Peter's conversation with the dealers, but falls into the room and a chase ensues. They manage to trap the dealers in an elevator as the police arrive. With the recording, they prove their innocence to Milkowitz and the, and the dealers are arrested. The trio fully embrace their role as P Mary's guardians until Sylvia arrives to take Mary with her to London. After she leaves with Mary, the three realize how desperately they missed a baby. Racing to the airport, they just missed Sylvia's plane for London. Defeated, they return home to find Sylvia and Mary at the door. Sylvia tearfully says she doesn't want to give up acting, but must if she has to raise Mary alone. They invite her and Mary to move in. She accepts, and the four live happily with the baby. The end. Now, how long had it been since you'd actually watched this? Oh, gosh. Um, a while. I, I don't know if I could say for sure. Like, many years. Okay. So it was just one that fell away when it was replaced by better movies like Twister. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I never owned it, and... It wasn't always streaming, so, or if it was, I probably didn't have that service yet, so, um, yeah. yeah, it's just not one that I ever owned. I probably, like, have caught it on TV mm -hmm. a time or two over the years, or maybe even, like, rented the DVD or something when we still had a movie rental place in town. Back before Redbox? I never had Redbox, actually. Hmm. All right. Well... As anyone who has listened to this podcast knows, I do things stream of consciousness. So the first thing that I noticed on this movie was that it was a Leonard Nimoy film. Because he was actually the producer, I want to say. Probably wrong, because I... I think he... Did he direct it? I'm trying to look. Yeah, he directed it. So 
Spock directed this, and it did not have any of his logic in it. <laughs> so, they, at the very beginning of the movie, they introduce us to the three characters, played by Ted Danson, Tom Selleck, and Steve Gutenberg. Mm-hmm. All three of these men are womanizers, for lack of a better term. And it seems to me that Tom Selleck has an open relationship, which will be probably what we would call it nowadays, or a polyamorous relationship, with one woman that we see off and on throughout the film. And I have to remember that this was the 80s. Things were a little bit easier and more carefree, I guess would be the proper term for it. But it kind of turned me off from the start when I... Because that was one of the parts that I did not remember, was the fact that everybody was having multiple sleep partners, we'll just say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were ladies' men. Oh, okay. Well, th- there, there's the there's the politically correct term for it. Well, it didn't seem like anyone was, like, unhappy in, like, their situations, so... Yeah. Yeah, whatever. And we even had... Um, Ted Danson make a comment about, I didn't recognize you. And one of the girls is like, well, that's because I had my clothes on. And it's right next to somebody else that he's getting ready to, I think, proposition for the night. So it's like, um, icky. It was kind of like the 80s version of, like, what we would call hookup culture today. And everybody kind of seemed fine with it. Yeah. And so... Um, I think it was, it was Tom Selleck's birthday party, and like I said, Tom Selleck is the one that has the on again, off again, okay to see other people, but we're semi kinda, but not really exclusive relationship. Yeah, her name is Rebecca. Yeah, because when he's talking to other women, he's like, oh yeah, we see other people. But then when he's talking to a guy who's interested in Rebecca, he's like, well, we've been together for five years. So it's like you tread the very thin line that you don't want to step over to, to make sure that everybody knows that she's off limits to you. If you're a guy, but you're not off limits to the girls. If you're, if you're um, Tom Selleck. Right. And, I mean, it had been several, probably eight, ten years since I had watched this. And, like I said, that part of the film kind of, I didn't feel comfortable with. And I don't know if it's because I'm in a different place in my life now. (laughs) But, yeah. And so, we move on and... Ted Dan- or Tom Selleck says, I can handle sentiment as long as it's disguised as sex when he's talking to Rebecca because he's trying to get her to stay over for the night and she's like, no, I gotta get up early in the morning. And so she just up and leaves. And we get the first actual indication that Steve Gutenberg's probably the better of the three people because he says that he has a problem pronging chicks. His exact words. And or he's just like the dorkiest one because he was like putting on a like literal puppet show <laughs> for a lady at some point. Yeah. And like while the, she immediately friend zones him. Yeah. And she's like, you know who would like this? My ex-boyfriend. Could I call him? He's like, uh, 
Yeah, go ahead. And so we move along, and um, Ted Danson's this B-movie actor, which I honestly would have liked to have seen some of these movies that he was in, because they actually kind of piqued my interest with the one that he was shooting before it got canceled. Mm -hmm. And he finds out that there is a package, and I am using scare quotes for that term, that is going to be delivered to his house. And he's like, okay, well, I'll just tell the guys to, to look out for it, and they can drop it off when it when the guys come up to show up. Yeah, it's it was like, oh, we're going to drop this off, and then so-and-so's going to pick it up. And he's like, like okay. there. And, um... Yeah, it's not like a package for him. He's just, like, going to babysit it until somebody comes to pick it up. <laughs> babysit it. Good one. That's foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> and so he obviously forgets about it because he's got a Indiana Jones knockoff movie that he has to go film. Or that was what my perception was of the movie. And so he jets off to wherever he goes. And the next morning or whenever... Tom Selleck comes in, he's been out running, and there is a baby in a bassinet at the door. Mm -hmm. And he just nonchalantly steps over the bassinet, calls Steve Gutenberg, and like, there's something outside, and Steve says, yeah, it's a baby. And neither of them want to touch it. And so they figure out how to handle the baby, I guess, would be the best way to... to um talk about it and the baby had done a doodle which i've got a three-year-old and i don't think i ever called it a doodle yeah um i think i sent this the in our first like attempt at this recording but like it's played for laughs and it is like kind of funny but it also irritated me that like <clears throat> these guys were like it was like they'd never seen a baby ever in their entire lives. Mm -hmm. And um, it just, like, they were pretty stupid. Um, and I was thinking about, like, even the dumbest people I know know what to do with a baby. Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't like that they made, like, that they had to play it so stupid. Like, that these characters were that clueless yeah. like grown men who are like presumably in their late 30s early 40s mm -hmm. at least uh, yeah that i'm yeah i don't really know i may be being generous but um <laughs> like they don't know anything about like what do you feed a baby you gotta get baby food I'm like this is too, this baby's too small for that um like sure okay maybe not every person who's never had a child of their own or like a little one in their life mm -hmm. knows, you know, you don't feed baby solid food until whatever month, like yeah. fair enough, but they know like babies need formula. Babies need diapers. Um, yeah. And, and I don't know, it was 1987, I guess. I don't know what products, how they were labeled back then. Cause I was like too little to know or pay attention, but I would assume that like the diapers are labeled like size and then you know the like weight range or whatever mm -hmm. and he could probably like he's a smart guy he's an architect so he's not an idiot um like just common sense i don't know i just that whole montage of them like trying to figure out what was going on was um 
I know it was supposed to be funny, but it just wasn't to me. Yeah, and I I think I think that comes from both of us actually being parents. And I mean, maybe if you're a twenty-something guy that doesn't have kids, you might react differently to it. It's like, oh well, how old's the baby? And he holds up his hands like six inches apart, and oh, it's about that old. And so he comes home with probably four or five hundred dollars worth of stuff. And the one thing that got me was that he. It seemed like he brought home adult diapers for this baby. Yeah. And, I mean, if you've got a lady that's helping you, I would have thought that she would have said, oh, well, if she's that old, then she probably doesn't need quadruple X year six diaper. Yeah. But, once again, I, I, I understand it was played up for laughs, but... Yeah, they they use cotton balls instead yeah. of wipes. Um, that like also reminded me that um, when they're changing this stinky diaper, it just there's a sh- a couple shots actually where it shows like the fully naked baby girl, mm-hmm. um, and that was like shocking to me. I don't think you'd see that today. Yeah. Um. For good reason, and not not like offensive. Like I'm a mom. I had two daughters. Mm-hmm. Like I've babysat and have nieces and nephews, and like not shocking, like offensive, but just shocking. Like I can't believe they left that in. Um, yeah, because I mean, with with Splash, <laughs> which of course is rated R, but Disney blurred the nipple on Daryl Hannah. So they could have pixelated it or blurred it or done something. Because, I mean, yeah, it's a baby, but... Yeah, it's still a person. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, there's... It makes me think of... I post pictures of my kids, but, like, some people don't want that. Like, they want mm-hmm. that to be their kid's choice. Um, I don't know. I just I just didn't like that, and um, it... Yeah, there's, like, ways that they maybe could dub the audio and, like, have just a different shot. I don't know. There's ways they could fix this. It's 2024. They could have zoomed in on the picture to just have the baby's face and the feet, and you wouldn't need. Yeah. There's ways to fix it that they could easily employ. I'm Mm -hmm. surprised that they haven't. Yeah. But, oh, well, um... They finally figure the diaper out, and then they're, like, really struggling. But the, like, montage of them kind of um, finding their footing, I guess, mm-hmm. it gets it, it gets better. Like, the first few minutes of them, like, trying to figure out what to do was annoying. But then it's cute, like, watching them adjust and figure it out and, like, have, like, an emotional attachment or a bond with this little girl. Yeah, and so while they're doing this, or before they did this, the actual package, which Ted Danson was supposed to be sitting, arrives and it just gets tossed into the sofa and disappears. And a couple of days later, two skeezy guys show up at the door and they're like, oh, well, we're here for the package. And at this time, they're 
thinking, oh, well, okay, we'll go ahead and get rid of the baby. We'll be on our way, and this will be the end of something that we'll laugh about 20 years down the road, probably. And so they put together every the $6,000 in paraphernalia and diapers and everything that they bought over the last 48 hours or however, however long it's been and start handing it to the guys and the guys are like oh yeah so this is the package ha 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 and tom Selleck's character runs in comes back out with a bottle of or a jar of baby formula and drops that and the two idiot skeezy guys think oh well there's our package that we've been waiting and so they go on down and they start trying to figure out how they're going to put this baby into a two-seat convertible. Yeah. And so they start thinking, and then they're talking about putting the baby in the trunk. And I'm starting to get icky feelings again just thinking about it. Yeah. And this is where they actually Tom Selleck's character actually finds the package which surprise surprise it's drugs because that's what these guys are here to pick up and so he tries to stop the pickup people yells down at them and meanwhile a horse a cop on a horse is trying to give them a ticket for being double parked because it's new york and everybody double parks in new york and don't think about it and then he sees the baby, and Tom Selleck's like, no, no, the, the baby needs to go with me. And meanwhile, there's a drug enforcement agent sitting across the street, watching all this go down, because he's been tailing these guys, and we start to get a sense of, uh, boy, what's going to happen? Yeah. And so, regardless, they get the, they get the baby back. And the two bad guys speed off. And they come back up. And the DEA agent follows them back up. And lo and behold, Ted Danson calls from the movie set. And says some things that start to make everybody think that he's getting more of this stuff delivered. Yeah, he's like just cluelessly incriminating all of them. in yeah. something that they didn't really do. Mm-hmm. And so they finally shoo off the DEA agent after Steve Gutenberg dumps the entire package of heroin into one of the baby's diapers. And yeah, then, I don't know. That, that made no sense to me. Yeah. And so they go on <clears throat> and ask the, I guess, the super if she can keep an eye on the baby. And they go on about their business, and then they come back, and the guys have come back because they're trying to find the heroin, and they've completely destroyed the apartment, including the film room, which kind of made me sad. Mm-hmm. And this is where you actually get the sense that Tom Selleck and Steve Gutenberg actually care about this child, because yeah, they're... They were... Go ahead. Oh, they were scared yeah. and worried. Yeah, and the baby was, what, locked up in a closet in the back with the note saying, next time we'll take the baby too. And I was not liking this movie at this point. And so we 
get another little montage of them taking care of the child, loving the child. And Tom Selleck is reading to the child about a boxing match in a loving, soothing tone. And he says, it doesn't matter what you read, it's the tone that you... Not totally wrong. Yeah. Um, But then Ted Danson <laughs> comes back. And um, I think we forgot to mention, like, the baby had a note with her that was addressed to him because mm-hmm. it's his daughter. Um, and so they're like, can't wait to can't wait to make him do this. And then um, he kind of goes through the same thing that they had the previous few days mm-hmm. of, like, just trying to figure it out. And they just sit back and watch him. And it's so cute, um, actually, like, because he just instantly is like... Like, you can just see that he loves her um, and wants to do the right thing, which I really enjoyed. He was really trying. Yeah, until he calls his mom and tries to pawn off the baby on her. Which, of course, backfires because she's like, no, no, no. You made this, you have to deal with the consequences. And I was like, well, good for you. Because the problem with America today and this is me stepping up on my soapbox as a teacher, is that kids don't have to take responsibility for any for anything. And everybody gets a participation trophy, and they go on their way. And then when life gets tough, they're like, well, I'm, I'm just not going to do this. And they just back off and go on about their business like it doesn't matter. And it's causing issues with society as a whole and you're starting to see this and i was actually very glad that the mom said no this is your baby you're gonna have to figure it figure it out on your own and uh yeah she was excited to be a grandma but she also was like nope Mm -hmm. you gotta figure this out bud yeah and so i was happy for that and so meanwhile ted danson and tom selleck start back into their life of being um gentlemen and they go out to the opera and they leave ted dancing alone with the baby and at the intermission they call home and don't get an answer because he's in the shower giving the baby a bath which is kind of cool but how you could not hear the phone ringing through that size of an apartment is beyond me and so they just they start thinking the worst that he's laying there with his head splattered open and the baby's just screaming and they ditch their dates and go home to find out that oh well we were just taking a bath and nothing really happened yeah i think that's when they realized that they were attached (laughs) Mm mm-hmm and so they do what anybody, any good, fine, upstanding person would do. They get a phone installed in the shower. And so they start, the bad guys contact them, and they have to figure out how to make the exchange. And this was actually one thing that, well, yet another thing that kind of, left me scratching my head because it was where Ted Danson comes out like a woman dressed in drag to be able to 
escape the cops and escape the bad guys and he gets a taxi and picks up the other two guys and they go to one of the um one of Tom Selleck's high rises that he's been working on and that's where they make the exchange and that almost goes badly but before that happens we had Tom's or we had Ted Danson leave the baby in the car to so like stairs or whatever yeah and I was not happy with that but the more I'm talking about this the more I'm finding that I did not like this movie <laughs> Oh, yeah, I think the, like, drug aspect, like, I understand, like, why it works as a plot device, but Mm -hmm. I don't love it, Um, but it is what it is. There's a few, like, little funny things that happen, Um, but he does, um, Ted Danson, uh, like, manages to trap the drug dealers in one of the elevators, Mm -hmm. just in time for the police to show up. Yeah. Um, that worked. And it was all because Steve Gutenberg climbed into a air vent and was videotaping the entire thing. So they had it all caught on film, which helped with everything. And so when I'm watching this for the first time and I don't even remember, I don't know how long, I'm like, oh, well, this is going to be the end of the movie. No. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, no. This is, this is. This is probably the worst part of the movie because Sylvia, who is played by Nancy Travis, comes back to claim her child. And Nancy Travis's British accent is the worst part of the movie. (laughs) You're like, I didn't like this, and I didn't like this, and I didn't like this. But her accent really was the worst. Yeah. And so she comes back and she's like, I'm ready to have my baby. And that's my terrible Nancy Travis accent. And so you can tell that the guys are heartbroken, but what can you honestly do? They just, they let her have the baby and give her the $6,000 worth of equipment that they've bought for the child by this time. And, and we think that the baby is off to London until they gets cold feet and so they take off to the airport and we see them running through the airport and it's obvious at this point in the movie that this movie was filmed prior to 9-11 because there was no TSA there was no checkpoints they there was right right yeah you didn't have to buy a ticket to get to where you're trying to get to and they see the plane is taxiing out and they're like oh well we're just never going to see the baby again. And so they come back home, and there is Nancy Travis and the baby sitting on their doorstep. And they do what any fine, upstanding New Yorker would do in this instance. They welcome her into the home and say, you can move it. And we'll just build you a room, and we'll be all happy. And that's the end of the movie. You get kind of a little... No, we don't get the montage of them building. They talk about it. But yeah. then um, we see, like, it doesn't indicate, but some time has passed. And the door in their, like, lobby or entryway or whatever you would call it um, has been repainted to reflect the addition of Sylvia and 
marry the baby. Mm-hmm. It's very cute. Yeah. Yeah. And so there you have it. And I feel like I've completely butchered this movie. And I don't think I did that last time that we recorded this, did I? Yeah, I think we ended on a more positive note. (laughs) So a couple of things that I glossed over just because they, when I've reread my notes, um... I think Steve Gutenberg actually says you can drive a guy to drink when he is left alone in the um, in the apartment with the brand new baby. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know why that caught my attention. And we also saw a Harlem Globetrotters pinball machine, which gets destroyed when the guys go in to try to look for the heroin, and I was not happy at all about that. Um, let me see. One thing that we mentioned the first time around that we didn't is why does Ted Danson have a night shirt at the very end of the movie? I don't know, but I wrote Ted Danson is wearing a nightgown in my note. Um, just funny. So was there anything else that you wrote down? Um, I mean, there's a lot that I wrote down. Um... But I think we covered quite a bit. Um, at one point during like the montage after um, Ted Danson is there and they're like, oh, we'll just be three bachelors raising a baby. Um, they sh- like Tom Selleck has the baby with him at work and she's in like a little tiny baby hard hat, mm-hmm. um, which, of course, that would never happen. Uh, you wouldn't have a baby in a construction zone like that, but. Um, it's a movie, so whatever. But, um, I will say I liked that, um, like a romantic relationship was not the main focus of this movie. Yeah. Um, it's just literally three men and a baby and that's all you need. Yeah. And the, and it's actually funny that you mentioned that because you've got Ted Danson who was probably in Cheers at this time. Tom mm-hmm. Selleck, who was, if he wasn't in Magnum P.I., he had just finished filming that. And so those were two verifiable sex symbols at the time. And for a lot of people many years later, I'm not, I'm not one that find them attractive. But um, and then he had Steve Gutenberg, who was the goofy bumbling sidekick for lack of a better term who was working with a chester cheetah um puppet that he had turned into a very successful cartoon i guess um all right well let's go ahead and move on to our three questions the first question is what is today's impact on this film there is a reboot in the works which really? is going to be on Disney Plus, and I think it's going to have Zac Efron in a starring role. Or that was what it said as of 2020. So mm-hmm. they say the script is nearing completion. It's going to pay homage to the originals, but it's going to have a mixed race cast, and the stars, say- the stars of the original films will appear with at least a cameo of them. So it's going to be interesting to see where they actually fall with that, but. I probably will watch it just to see 
how it pans out compared to this. And, of course, we will cover it when we get to 2024 or 2025 or 26 in about 30 Um, I don't know very many people that don't know about this movie. I didn't do my own straw poll online to see what people thought. But this, this is a movie that... I mean, we're both very familiar. And it's not... It's not something that you can't find people that wouldn't know about. Yeah. I think, like, people of a certain age mm-hmm. all know about it. Uh, my oldest daughter is about to be 22, which I can't believe I just said. And um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure if I made mention of this, she would have no idea what I was talking about. Okay. What about your younger one? Did she watch it with you? or? No, I want to say... I'm trying to remember. I think I actually, like, watched it by myself. Um, There's a chance she might have, like, seen it if she got on my Disney Plus profile. But, (laughs) no, she she didn't watch it with me. I'm not sure that she would. Okay. So, do you think that you have to be a certain age to accept this as as a verifiable... Not verifiable, of course it's verifiable, but as a film that you would want to watch? Um, I don't know. I like I think my oldest would probably like think it was cute if she watched it, but it's also like I'm not sure it's one that she would choose just because she likes different things. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. I mean, who knows who might like it. But like as far as being familiar with it and knowing about it or liking it um, because I've seen it before. I imagine that it's millennials. I I bet anybody younger than that probably doesn't know or care unless their parents watch it. Yeah. All right. Uh, Second, second question. Is this mirrored in culture? Well, I mean, we've said it's getting a reboot. There are several different adaptations of, movies and tv shows that are like this Mm -hmm. there actually was um last year so 2022 i mean last year was 2023 but like (laughs) the christmas before 2022 um there was a hallmark movie called three wise men and a baby oh wow and um it's probably one of my favorite hallmark movies ever uh it is a very similar premise. The three guys are all single. They're successful in their careers. Um, there's not like the ladies man thing going for them. Um, but they're all brothers and, um, you get the three different personalities. I don't know. It's, it's got some similarities. There's a few, um, quips in there that I think are kind of like paying homage to this one. And um, it's the same premise. Uh, single mom uh, in a bind leaves her baby, uh, except instead of with the person that she knows to be the father, it's um, one of the brothers is a firefighter. And so she leaves the baby at the fire station and then he ends up taking care of her. He and mm-hmm. his brothers. It's, it's It's got similarities. It's got differences but um it's in the same like it's in the same um like vein of this one and 
It's it's fun. It's very funny. I probably said too much. This isn't a Hallmark book. <laughs> well, you you actually you made me look it up, and like the very first picture that they actually have on this has one of the brothers carrying like four different kinds of baby formula. So it's mm-hmm. very very Ted Dance or yeah um Tom Selleck esque from what we saw in this movie. Yeah, it's um. I mean, I think that Three Wise Men and a Baby is a, I mean, obviously it's a Hallmark movie, but it it's like the movie knows what it is, mm-hmm. and it doesn't take itself seriously. Um, it's just really silly and fun and sweet. And, and like I said about this one, like I like that the romantic relationship isn't um, the main focus. Although there is a sweet little side plot that has um, a little like romantic comedy built in, which is fun. Mm-hmm. But like I said, if we're talking about this movie. Um, <laughs> other than that, is it mirrored, mirror, mirrored in culture? I think in some ways, uh, like single dads, it's not unusual to see men with babies for any kind of reason or situation. So. Yeah. Um, and finally, the one that I always say that I need to rewrite because I can't say it. How does it fit into today's society? I mean, I think, I think we've pretty much covered that because you still, I mean, you don't see three guys walking down the road with a baby, but I mean, it has its place and it's good for laughs and if done properly, I should say it's it's good for laugh. Um, yeah. and it can, it can make you realize that being a single parent is not as easy as the movies make it look sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I, will this be in my rewatch pile when the world's youngest podcast host gets a little bit older? Probably not. I wouldn't tell him that he can't watch it, but I got a feeling that when he gets older, he's going to be more into the Marvel movies and things like that. And we'll actually, we'll start discussing that pretty soon when we get into the 90s movies and the things that he's actually watching at daycare now. So, um, Speaking of things that he is watching at daycare, he is definitely not watching the next movie that we are talking about. That is Who Framed Roger Rabbit? One of my all-time favorite non-Disney Disney movies. We will be talking about that, so that is your homework for next week. I would like to say thank you to all the people that have put up with us during our technical difficulties. I wanted to give us something that everyone seemed to enjoy. And if you are one of those who did, who was one of our 209 at the time of this recording, listeners to, um, what was that? It wasn't The Biscuit Eater, because that was number two on our top five list. And this is making for great audio. You can find what I'm looking for now. Our number one movie with 190 downloads was Snowball Express. If you are one of the people that found us through Snowball Express and you've stuck with us since then, please tell us what brought brought you to us. Because that is not a Disney film that either of us were familiar with. And yet, it is our most downloaded podcast. And it probably has more downloads because of 
the re-release on the old school Saturdays that we did while we were working on our technical. But um, yeah, drop us an email: bekindrewinddmp at gmail dot com. Tell us how you found us, what you thought of this movie, what you thought of the top five that were released prior to this one. Um, if you are inclined go on to whatever streaming service it is that you're listening to us and rate us review us tell your neighbors tell your friends tell the person that you're sitting down next to on the bus or on the train and who knows we may get more listeners because that's how we that's how it works word of mouth um i'm starting to ramble so i'm gonna wrap it up so your homework for next week is who framed roger rabbit as we do every week, we end it by telling you to stay safe, stay hungry, and watch out for cops on horses when you're in New York. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of it. Thank you for listening. You can send us feedback at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. We welcome any kind of feedback, and it might get read on the air in a future podcast. Once again, the email address is BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. If you have a moment, please rate and review our podcast on whatever streaming service you are listening to us on. This and word of mouth are the two ways to help us reach a larger audience. Thank you in advance for doing this. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Goodbye. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. Do 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 do. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. Do 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 do. I hate to leave you, but I really must say, good night, sweetheart. Good night. Well, it's three o'clock in the morning, baby. I just can't treat you right. Well, I hate to leave you, baby. I don't mean maybe because I love you so. Bo do 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 Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. Do 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 do. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. Do 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 do. I hate to leave you, but I really must say good night, sweetheart. Good night. Wow.